I'm Robin Amler of IBS Intelligence. You're listening to the IBS iViews podcast. With me is Mahmoud Shamsher Ali, country representative Pakistan of Alif Bank. Alif Bank, in fact, is a Tajikistani institution originally established in 2014 in microcredit, got a banking license in 2020 in Tajikistan, but has ambitions not just in the domestic market, but in the international field as well. And we're talking specifically with the banks of country representative Pakistan. So what is it that you're doing in Pakistan? What are Alif Bank's ambitions there? Last year, or about a year ago, is when the founders went on a tour of the world looking at a number of possibilities, including Pakistan, Bangladesh, um, the UAE, Saudi Arabia, Far East, to see what opportunities there were. Pakistan, I think, was particularly exciting for them because the market is primed. It's a very underserved market. It's a technologically savvy market that's primed to take on the services that Alif has offered around the world or in Tajikistan and Uzbekistan primarily. So in January last year or December, actually, the State Bank of Pakistan, which is our regulator, created the framework for a digital banking framework. And that created a new level of excitement for Aleph in particular, because it, it sort of aligned really well with the goals, the mission of Aleph, the state bank's objectives of increasing the level of usage for customers of banks and creating inclusion because it's a massively underserved market. And then leveraging the technology that does exist and that users have become used to, you find great solutions. That in particular excited Aleph. So Aleph sadly is waiting right now. I think we're going through the process of the due diligence that the regulator will complete. And they're very thorough with the process to figure out exactly how we can operate in the market. We hope to be a digital retail bank here. I believe there'll be five licenses issued. So it'll be an exciting change in the dynamic of banking in Pakistan. There were 20 applicants, of which you are one, but you obviously have some existing experience of digital banking because of what the institution's been doing in its home market in Tajikistan, because of what it's done in Uzbekistan. So we're talking specifically about Islamic fintech and Sharia-compliant solutions. Obviously, financial inclusion is a huge issue in Pakistan, and indeed in many of the other countries that you may be interested in expanding into. How does digital banking solve that issue or address that issue? Two very quick answers for this, and and especially the way that Aleph looks at them. And and I'll give the quick conventional answer, which is that expanding with a brick and mortar structure, as all traditional banks have done, is actually extremely expensive. There's a lot of barriers to entry. And, and there's a quote that I love, and this is the ex-governor of the state bank saying that a visit to the bank is like a visit to the dentist. <laughs> and it shouldn't be like that. I think particularly for the youths, particularly for those that are less privileged than a lot of us, a visit to the bank is actually one of the most daunting tasks that they have to take on. And yet, they've become accustomed to using WhatsApp. They've become accustomed to using YouTube, their phones. 
including those that don't use smartphones and just use feature phones, the USSD experience that's been created by the telcos means that it's actually possible to serve this customer in a matter of minutes rather than currently where it takes days for us to create a new account for some customers. So that's one. I think the second thing that I'd like to talk about is, and this is unique to Aleph, I believe. Aleph has mastered itself in thinking about customers ecosystemically. And and what that means is we're not just trying to push products to customers. The Islamic perspective allows us to actually become a part of their entire system, understanding where they spend their money, how they wish to use their money, and looking for opportunities to continue to serve the customer, but not just the customer, but at each transaction, trying to understand how we can better serve the retailer and the merchants as well. So really creating a full circle of going from the customer to the retailer that they work with, to the merchants and the wholesalers that the retailers have to work with and the suppliers that they have to work with. In Pakistan, only about 20% of the bankable population is actually banked, but only about 4% actually has access to formal credit. When we take this to the SME context, it's even worse. SME finding access to formal credit that's not collateralized is near impossible. And I think we find the ability to be able to use the digital to collect the data for cash flows, to collect the data for your own consumptions, to determine how best we can offer a wider range of products for you. And I think the state bank's objective aligns really closely. So when we talk about inclusion, we're definitely not thinking of one transaction per month. We're thinking about the money coming into the system, staying in the system, being transacted digitally without ever being withdrawn as cash, because it actually serves the customer better when we're able to do that. And you're effectively becoming an engine of economic growth. Yes, absolutely. That, That, I think, is what personally excites me the most. The SME market has been underserved to the point that the engine's been switched off. And I think we really hope to be able to complement that growth in the future. One thing that struck me as fascinating about Aleph Bank as an institution is that the bank has built its own core banking system. This is unusual in this day and age. Are you able to talk us through that and explain why that decision was taken rather than going to one of the the major vendors? The story that you hear from me will will certainly be um, a bit of a Chinese whisper because I've hear, heard it primarily from the founders. Abdullah Ferdos and Zahur Shah, who started this out, I think in 2014 when Alif was established, and 2017 where they were able to bring their core banking system to life. They actually went out exploring a number of options, both the big players out there and tech firms that were building core banking systems for others. And they had two major challenges with this. One, they wanted to create something that had the ability to respond to customer needs far quicker than almost any solution out there. And two, they needed it to be based on the principles of Islamic finance, and and you spoke about this. 
And to try to do both of these together was more of a challenge than it was good. And Aleph has prided itself in something called the Aleph Academy, where in Tajikistan, Aleph has trained over 2,000 professionals. They've trained them in coding, programming. And, and by the way, they've done this based on having hired or incorporated even only about 23% of those that applied and eventually having employed 4.7% of those that graduated from the program. So they get the cream of the best coders and programmers in the country. And those coders and programmers volunteered or said they'd be very excited about trying to create the core banking system for Aleph. I think what's really exciting is that the core banking system that's been created by Aleph is for the digital world. Unlike a number of traditional core banking systems whose technologies are are really anchored in the old school banking systems. And for them, evolution or change is significantly challenging. At Aleph, we've taken from feedback to having delivered to customer over a hundred minor changes over the last three quarters. This is unheard of in a traditional core banking system. Since 2017, when we started creating it, we're already on to version two of the core banking system because it is internally built. We're already talking about what version three of it will need to be. And I think that's the part that we are able to do internally. And had we had any system that was a vendor's or customized for us by another tech firm, it feels like that would have been impossible to do. So trying to serve the customer fast, trying to continue to update and add new features to remain ecosystemic needs the system to be in-house. What's interesting as well about Aleph Bank, and I stress the word bank there, is that you don't describe yourselves as a bank, you describe yourselves as a fintech. Can we talk about why that decision and the significance of the rise of Islamic fintech more broadly? Sure. So I will add a caveat here. As we enter the Pakistan market, I really hope that we'll be describing ourselves as a bank, (laughs) only because there's only five of those licenses to be issued. I think it's a great question. And I think it really connects right back to the ethos, the, the values that we live by, the purpose that we serve. And banks have always traditionally fit a certain box. We at Aleph are different from that box, and we, we're, we're different very much at our roots. Our, our fundamentals are far more responsive to customers. They're, they're driven around trying to think like a technology firm, more so than we think of, of ourselves just as a banking firm, which means we're using data effectively, we're adapting our product continuously, we're evolving or creating new products all the time. Last time that I was in Dushanbe, we had four different scrums taking place about product features that needed to change. And and some of this is unheard of in traditional banks. Another thing that I think is very true for Aleph is how young our team is. The team at Aleph is not like traditional bankers in any way. They're young, energetic, looking to create new things all the time and find new ways of serving customers. And I think That, in its essence, is what makes us unlike banks and more like a tech firm. Thus, I would imagine the fintech is a closer description of who we are. 
you are a Sharia compliant institution. What are the opportunities for growth? I mean, obviously, you're in the Pakistan market, you're waiting to hear about the digital banking licenses there. But the Islamic opportunity is huge. And there are a lot of markets that are like the way you describe Pakistan, where there is a young audience, a digitally savvy young audience, a digitally savvy young audience that, for the most part, is either unbanked or not banked enough, if I can put it that way. So there's a huge opportunity around the world. The opportunity is global. In Pakistan, whether it is the unbanked, which is nearly 80% of the bankable population of the country, the underbanked, which I think is nearly 96% of the bankable population of this country, that is digitally savvy, that is aware of everything that they can offer to the world out there, whether it is remote work, freelance work, or that are now interested in doing everything within technology that they can to cater to a world outside. The opportunity is ripe, by the way. And then when we transition to SME and when we transition to trade and retail, I think the opportunities are of company after company having no access to formal finance, having no opportunity to take on opportunistic growth in any way. And one of the challenges that these firms have is that solutions they're looking for should be Sharia compliant. They're looking for getting away from traditional interest-based solutions. They're looking for asset-backed solutions as well, because they, they can also then use that as a means to further grow, to further expand within this ecosystem that they know exists and that continues to be underserved. I imagine that in Pakistan alone, with the presence of digital banks, we're going to see a multiple effect of growth, not just the currently served 20 million that just have bank accounts or that have e-wallets, but really thinking about how quickly that number grows, but how quickly activity within that grows from single transaction to multiple transaction and genuine usage. I also feel quite strongly at a global level when we looked at underbanked populations around the world, a number of them will be in Muslim-majority countries. And I think that is based on just the challenges that we have experienced. And I think the Sharia-compliant model offers an alternative that customers would be very keen on hearing about. And it's not restrictive. It offers credit solutions. It offers savings and investment solutions, it offers insurance solutions, all of which can be made available to anyone who's looking for an alternative method to grow their business, to share risk, to cater to their financial needs. So I kind of hope that Aleph is a leader in that space in the next five to 10 years. I believe that the solutions that we're looking at right now around the world, whether it is remittance solutions in the UAE, which Zahusha is very actively looking at, whether it is solutions that we're exploring in terms of credit risk and how to evaluate credit risk, particularly for those that we have limited data for. I think that will be a couple of extra set of tools that we can offer to our customers. 
that should make our expansion globally very interesting. Mahmoud Shamsher Ali, country representative Pakistan for Alif Bank. Thank you very much.